I did use uh, marijuana for a little bit, but that wasn't until my early 20s. It didn't fix the problem, and of course it never does. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. We look for things to numb us out. As human beings, we tend to choose self-destructive behaviors because they're the easy ones. If she in a face, I think you would kind of look like mine. If it had a home, would it be my eyes? Would you believe me if I said I'm tired of this? Well, here we go now one more time. So where will the sound it goes on and on? Over and over and over again. Keep spinning around, I know that it won't stop. Till I step down from this bunker. Anxiety leaves a wide path of destruction. Has your relationship suffered because of the collateral damage of a loved one's disorder? I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about living with anxiety disorders. Millions of Americans suffer from anxiety. Estimates are as high as 40 million suffer from all the symptoms of anxiety. Only about a third of people with these disorders seek treatment. There is good news. There is hope. And healing is possible. It's hard to watch a loved one struggle and suffer. Though it might seem that your partner's fears come from imagining the worst. The effects of that fear are very real on the person. And they often spill over. Impacting our entire home. Who can sleep when your spouse has a night tear? The racing heart, the waking up during the night, the screaming. Who takes care of all the shopping, the errands, all the appointments when a loved one is afraid to leave the house? Fear has a paralyzing effect on us all. Who feels the stress of your partner's obsessive attempts to rid your home environment of all the possible germs? It makes you exhausted. Often fear becomes so painful, so paralyzing, that the victim begins to employ a lot of different what I'll call self-medicating behaviors just to cope. It may be something like food. Maybe your wife uses something to the excess to distract herself from anxiety. It could be overeating. could be alcohol. It could be misusing prescription drugs. Escapism on the internet, for example. Being lost in online games. It could be work or even exercise. Maybe your husband tries to take control of pain through self-harming behaviors. It could be the person who is self-injurious. They're picking at a wound on their arm or scabs. They're constantly doing something to inflict pain on their body. Perhaps your loved ones follow endless rituals, compulsively checking the door locks, counting pills in a medicine cabinet, making sure everything is lined up perfectly. It's all to keep this disaster at bay. Let's be honest. Are somebody else's fears or their coping mechanisms driving you crazy? I'm going to tell you too. The last 30 years at the center of Place of Hope, we have seen many, many people recognize not only these symptoms 
and the impact of an anxiety disorder, we've helped them importantly undercover the root causes and restore peace. Restoring peace, can you imagine that? Practical ways to have peace in your life. You may be imprisoned by fear, as we've seen so many times, and the World Health Organization tells us that by the year 2020, that depression will be the number one disease in the world, as they call it. And a part of depression is anxiety. The two live hand in hand. You may have a loved one who's trapped by this vicious cycle of unhealthy anxiety and coping mechanisms in their life. Anxiety disorders can and are treated successfully. Kara, who's faithfully in the studio, is here with me today. Often we focus on the person who's struggling. It's really important, I think, to see how the family around them has to cope with all of this too. Fear is paralyzing to the whole family. We find ourselves caregiving, overextending to help the person who has the anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. We find ourselves, even care, being afraid. Well, if I say something or do something, it'll create more anxiety. And we can fall into this, what I'll call codependency. We're so overconcerned about them that we begin to create a problem for ourselves. Are you or someone that you love suffering from anxiety? You can find relief and true peace right now. 888-771-5166. There are many times that we've got to look at this idea that anxiety is not just something that's wrong with our thinking. When we're dealing with anxiety disorder, we look at it as a big puzzle and there's many different pieces. There's the piece of sleep. There's the piece in the puzzle of our relationships. There's the piece in the puzzle of our past. There may be even a piece in the puzzle of chemistry that is off in our body. It could be something as simple as even a food allergy that creates digestive issues mm. that creates a physiological fear in our body. There's not a single cause to most anxiety disorders. So as we look at this today from a whole person point of view that we've championed the last 30 years at the center, what are the core issues? For the person that said, you know, my life is full of blame and hurt and I'm constantly finding myself with a critical spirit. And they follow that critical spirit back to unforgiveness in their life. Never drawing the correlation that unforgiveness can create an anxiety disorder. So lots of different causes for this. We've got to get to the core in order to have long-term permanent healing. We have a question from Al who's joined us. He says, what can I do to maintain a good attitude when I'm facing some things that are really hard? Our finances are rough right now and I know we'll be all right, but it's hard to enjoy things while digging out from under the financial hole. I hate making people around me feel bad because of my bad attitude, but it's really hard to feel good when things feel bad. Worry, remember, is a mental process. So I can worry about the stock market. I can begin to add a long list of worries. It's the what ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if I did not say the right thing to that person? And I riddle my life with worry. And that recycling of worry over and over those what ifs in my mind can create and will create for me a sense of impending doom. Something bad's going to happen. Help. <laughs> and that impending doom can move over to the next step, which is anxiety. 
And that anxiety means it's hit me physically. I have the sweaty palms. I have the racing heart. I have the appetite that's been affected. I'm struggling with sleep. All those symptoms of anxiety. So we've got to look back. What am I telling myself? One of the things we need to do is tell ourselves the truth with God's word. And if it means putting a three by five card, Al, with maybe one or two verses on it, that I'm going to recite and say out loud, because God, we know it's true. God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of what? Of power and a sound mind. Go back to those truths. It may take some time, and that's just one piece of beginning to repair that thinking. Yes, our thinking does get off and does need to be repaired. But as we begin to do that, there is the power of implanting God's truth, not only in our mind, but it reaches the heart, the core of who we are. I really like that Al noticed that his own bad attitude might be creating a problem for others. We have another question from Vicki. She says, what do you do to help someone whose OCD symptoms are getting worse? Vicki's husband, Chuck, has always been a checker. She says he checks, are the lights on? Is the door closed, etc." But lately she can't do anything without having him redo it. He has to make sure that everything is done right. Vicki says Chuck's revacuuming and rewashing the dishes is really starting to hurt her feelings. Yes, and you know, the more we try to control, we use the term there, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. Obsessive means that's, that's in your mind, that's where the thoughts are. Uh, compulsive is the behavior. I have to engage in some behavior in order to try to alleviate my anxiety. And door checking, hoarding, doing things that are behaviors are all an attempt to lower that anxiety. One of the things that we know that's important is to look at body chemistries as it relates to obsessive compulsive disorder, brain chemistry, nutrient deficiencies. Many times a person can be helped by even putting back in their diet a good amount of some of the B vitamins for the nervous system, things that begin to strengthen our body. So we're going to look at a multi-layered approach to helping your husband. A lot of times, too, there is something that has really been traumatic that needs to be addressed. But the OCD, can you imagine living that way, how it disrupts our sleep, disrupts our body chemistry over time? It tends to be more and more confining as time goes along. I want to encourage you. This is a time for some professional intervention. And there are times where we need to take a person with these struggles, put them in really a different environment for a while, more of an intensive environment, because we're breaking things off of them spiritually, emotionally, some things in their past. Physically, we are beginning a restoration program for them as well. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about anxiety disorders, living with them, whether they're yours or someone else's. Wanted to mention a great resource for you. It's the book, Overcoming Anxiety, Worry, and Fear by Dr. Greg Jantz. You can find it at aplaceofhope.com. Anxiety disorder is progressive. It can start off really small. You may have noticed that, oh, yes, I've been a worrier for so long. And as you've worried over time, it's, it's begun to now affect my ability to sleep. My moods are affected. My appetite's affected. And before you know it, you can develop different types of anxiety from a more mild, what we'll call generalized free-floating. You wake up and you just feel anxious. And you can't really put your finger on what necessarily it is. 
you may experience later on in life, as this is left untreated, and again, it tends to be progressive, you may find yourself developing specific phobias. It could be I could see somebody that reminded me of somebody that maybe hurt me in the past, mm. and then I'm phobic and I have a near panic attack. Your body physically is driving, your mind is not. Oh. A person may say, you know, I was just driving along the freeway, thought I was doing okay, and all of a sudden my heart started pounding, I got sweaty palms, I felt a little faint and dizzy, and my, my vision was affected, and I thought I was having a heart attack, and I tried to get over to the side of the freeway, and when I did, I thought I was going to die, but after a few minutes it passed, and what they had was an anxiety attack. Does anxiety always progress that way from the really mild to eventually getting full-on panic attack like that? Generally, that's, that's the way it goes. The body physically, maybe you've had a lot of stress in your life, maybe a long episode of stress. Feeling overwhelmed, your sleep is not good, you're having a lot of caffeine in a day, throughout the day, you go home and you go, oh, I don't feel good. You might have said, I'm going to go outside and take the dog for a walk, but no, that doesn't happen. You had good mental intention, but what you found yourself was having that half gallon of ice cream, watching television, not even knowing what you're watching. We look for a place when we get so overstressed and depressed and anxious, we start to do these coping mechanisms. We start to overeat. We start to do escapism behaviors. The person that says, you know, I was on the internet doing some silly game and I looked up and it had been three hours. We look for things to numb us out. As human beings, we tend to choose self-destructive behaviors because they're the easy ones. It's a lot harder to go outside and say, I'm going to walk for 20 minutes and I'm going to pray and meditate. And I'm going to recite these verses that have to do with fear. And I'm going to also call somebody and ask them to pray for me. I'm going to build my healing team. So you can have a healing team of people in your life that surround you with the truth and with God's word who pray for you. And at some point, you can be a part of somebody else's healing team. Can you help a mother figure out a healing team for her daughter? We actually have a question from Samantha. Her daughter is a college freshman. She lives at home. Her daughter, for the very first time, is biting her fingernails. Down to the quick. This is difficult, and I wouldn't try to do it alone. So I'm going to find peers, or I'm going to find somebody that's a little bit older than the daughter who's going to speak into her life. Mm -hmm. She needs a mentor-type relationship. And so don't try to do this alone. One of the things that happens is you'll get really frustrated and you may say things out of that frustration that cause regret. Remember your daughter's already tender, fear's already getting a stronghold in her life, and your frustrations will be felt and you'll likely say some things. Find somebody, and I know it's a little bit of a stretch, that will be speaking into her life in a mentor role beside you. And also covet to pray for her and keep a prayer journal for your daughter and those things that you would like to see her confidence increase, you'd like to see healthy social network increase, make a list of those things. Create a private prayer journal just for you. And I want you every day to make a commitment that you will pray for those things for her without judging her and pray that you will have the words to say that build her up in who she is. You know, early on, and our, our teenagers and our tweeners have a lot these days to worry about. Mm -hmm. You know, the 
invasion of technology in their life and multitasking and texting and social networks. There's a lot of things these days that can add to a young person's stress and anxiety. One single text in a morning can set their whole day off to ruin. I want you to keep this in mind. There's a lot of influences. Pray, and I do believe, that we can plead the blood of Christ over a loved one who needs to be set free, and in this case, it's your daughter, but don't do it out of a place of anxiousness. She needs a lot of positive. And if you're seeing too that we need to be sure, look at things like nutrition, look at things like hormonal issues, medication use, potential for alcohol or drug use. Look at the things that could be adding potentially to create an anxiety disorder in her life. Here's what I hear from parents. I wish I would have done something sooner. I wish I would have. And so what I want to say to you today, don't be in that regret mode. Take action today. I'm going to tell you, get a copy of the book, Overcoming Anxiety, Worry, and Fear. Get a copy of this book. Get it today. Get it in your hands. It's going to help you with some ideas about what to say and what to do to really support your daughter. It sounds like for Samantha and some of the other people that have asked questions, that there's a lot of issues with their own thoughts. Thought spinning begins with the worry. It's the what ifs. What if I don't make it? What if I don't get into college? What if? And they begin to build a foundation of what ifs in their life, which really builds a foundation of fear for their future. Right now, we have a generation of youth that don't perceive a positive future. Right now, we have the I generation, and they've grown up tethered to technology. They've already rewired their brains. There's studies that show that too much overexposure to technology when the brain is developing can create an anxious and depressed brain. So we need to look at what's the role of technology in a person's life as well. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we've been talking about anxiety disorders and all kinds of things that might be affecting you or someone you love. And they may be affecting you today, and you're wondering, what do I do about this? And we do have Michael joining us. Hi, sir. Hi, go right ahead. I'm 28 years old, dealing with anxiety and depression since I was about 14, 13 years old. It's a long time. Um, I've seen counselors, I've talked to my parents, I've been admitted once and have taken Celexa, Wellbutrin. They didn't work out too well. I really felt nothing, actually, when I was on that medication, so I stopped taking it. Because to me, feeling nothing was just not reality, and I'd rather feel sad than have absolutely nothing to feel. Has there been any history of alcohol? No. Any other drug use? I did use uh, marijuana for a little bit. Okay. That wasn't until my early 20s. Didn't fix the problem. Of course, it never does. Well, one of the things that marijuana does initially is it's as though we don't feel the anxiety, and so we keep using it. It mood elevates, so it changes our mood. But then over time, not to use it can create a lot of anxiety. Okay, anything else that I need to know about? Um, spirituality. I've really tried talking it out. Just over the past couple of years, as I've gotten older, I've become more self-aware of my thoughts and my feelings. Let me ask you about feelings. Anger, fear, or guilt? Fear. Fear is the big one. What's number two? Guilt. Guilt, okay. The reason I mention this is anger and or guilt can really add a whole other level to our fear, emotionally and in our thinking. Are there some things, Michael, that you feel that you need forgiveness for? I really need to forgive myself. 
could be self-forgiveness? Absolutely. Yes. And what comes to mind when you say that today, self-forgiveness? Regret. Regret means something in the past? Yes. Okay. There's things in the past that not necessarily that I have done, the things I haven't done. That makes sense. A couple things today. One is, would you mind, Michael, if I prayed for you? No, of course. Okay, I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to get a copy of my book, Overcoming Anxiety, Worry, and Fear. And in the back of each chapter are some questions and some exercises and things I want you to work through. And some of them have to do with past regrets and how regrets can really increase fear and anxiety in our life, as well as depression. Because we need a new answer for you. You mentioned, well, you know, you've done some medications, you've done a few things, but let's see what else you need to do. Lord God, thank you, first of all, that Michael, Michael called today. Thank you for Michael. Thank you, Lord. I know it's been a long time feeling anxiety and depression and not having clear answers. And there's regrets in Michael's life and the past, forgiveness that needs to occur, that he needs to experience. And I lift Michael to you that he would know, first of all, of your total forgiveness and your love for him and that it would bring comfort And in that he would be able to say that I forgive myself and I'm going on, I'm going forward. I ask that you would help Michael let go of the past, let go of these things that are holding him down, anything from the past that's creating anxiety and depression. We ask that he would be free of, that it would be identified what those things are, and that he would really be able to walk out this self-forgiveness for a new direction for Michael. We ask these things in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Stay on the line, Michael. We're going to make sure we get an address so we can get this book to you, Overcoming Anxiety, Worry, and Fear, all right? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Stay with us. Remember, anxiety takes on many different forms. All of us. We may be looking for something to bring comfort. We're looking for relief. And so we look in our life, what are those things that I'm doing that I'm looking for relief or comfort, but they're actually over the long haul bringing me more discord, bringing me more self-destruction. You may want to make a list today or the next 30 days of things that are loose ends in your life. Loose ends could be relationships, that something has happened. Loose ends could be such things as unforgiveness in a relationship. It could be something in the past that you deeply regret, that you wish was different. A loose end may be something that you feel like you said to somebody else that was really hurtful and you've never done anything about it. If you pray today and say, Lord God, show me my book of loose ends. I will listen and hear. Spend 15, 20 minutes and just go, what are the things in my life that represent loose ends in relationships, emotionally, in jobs, anything to do with the past that still has not been attended to that needs some attention in my life? Just working a plan on dealing with loose ends is more healing than one could ever imagine. Being able to actually identify some of these things. Remember, the puzzle may have some random missing pieces. It could be a situation from your past that was traumatic. And you go, you know, everything in my life seems in order, but this one missing piece of the puzzle is the trauma that happened to you. It was the emotional abuse. It was the physical abuse or the sexual abuse. It was something traumatic that happened to you, and it's never really been dealt with. And to be truly walking in freedom, that's got to be dealt with. That means I'm getting to the core issues. So much anxiety disorder leads back to a path that can take us to a place of some traumatic events in our life 
some that we tried to be disconnected from, some that we really have worked hard to bury. We don't want to deal with these things. Or we'll say, that's ah, no big deal, and we deny the importance of what's happened. It could be somebody that really hurts you with words. And those words today have taken on your identity. Somebody called you uh, growing up that you were stupid and you carried that. That is imprinted in your brain. And today, how you feel about yourself is, I am stupid. And you've carried that on as an identity. I want you to know today, it's time for a new identity. In the message version, Philippians 4, 6 says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Today, this is our first armor of defense. We're told to let our petitions and praises shape our worries. Letting God know your concerns. Speak boldly about this anxiety. Bring it to God. Bring it before the throne. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Isn't it wonderful what happens when Christ displaces the worry at the center of your life? Today, we want to speak words of truth, words that empower, and to let you know, sometimes we need some professional intervention. We need resources. Sometimes we need to get out of our environment for a while and really get down there and work on those core issues. Know that there is hope. Kara, we have seen so many folks through the years who have come and went through the programs at the Center A Place of Hope to address anxiety and fear. And today, simply by going to the website, aplaceofhope.com, aplaceofhope.com, you're going to see a whole program on how anxieties can be treated. I want you to know there is hope and there is healing. Living with anxiety disorders can be devastating, as we know, to our health, to our relationships, and to our ability to even work. As you've listened today, maybe you've recognized yourself in some of these stories. The good news is, there is good news, and healing is possible. You can start today to change things. I know it's true, and we would love to help. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of the Center, A Place of Hope. Together with my friend and colleague, Dr. Tim Clinton, and Life, Love, and Family, we have all the resources that you'll need to get started. Call us anytime, 855-455-3264, 855-455-3264. I want to personally thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. And if you want to share what you've heard today, you can do so. You can listen to the program again or even send it to somebody you love from the website, lifeloveandfamily.net. God is for you. You really can overcome anxiety, worry, and fear, restoring your health and bringing peace to you and your home.
life, love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com.